Titan spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 45th annual subliminal deception podcast your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit my name is cody and i'm joined by my pal phil how are you doing good buddy how about yourself not doing too bad um i wanted to ask you because you are currently a resident of phoenix arizona and i heard a little news story about the penis man who is tagging stuff in uh, Phoenix and Tempe. Are you aware of any of this? No, no, I'm not. So apparently, apparently the story goes, this dude was like tagging, I don't even know what signs or just buildings or what, what have you. And the police decided that they needed to get this guy. So apparently there's like 26 SWAT members that like swatted his fucking house to arrest him for spray painting uh, the penis man. On things, okay. <laughs> I guess I I don't know. That seems excessive for a person who's just tagging stuff. Yeah, not really. Not in uh, not in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I have a tiny little story to tell about that. So a couple years ago, I was living in an apartment, and on a Saturday, it was a decent day outside, and I was like vacuuming. There was a lot of dust in the apartment, so I decided to open up my door. Apparently, one of my neighbors called the police because it was suspicious to have a door open on a Saturday afternoon. And I'm going, I'm outside smoking a cigarette after I get done cleaning, my doors closed. I look down from my second floor balcony and I see a, a guy all up in like, he's got a, he's got an AR 15. He's got the, uh, um, <laughs> like tactical vest on everything like that. And I'm just like, Oh shit. And he looks up and he's like, Hey, uh, you know, see anybody with their door open around here. And I look over to my left, like, to his right, it would be. And there's five other dudes in SWAT gear. And I was like, um, I had my door open like 30 minutes ago. I uh, I was cleaning and I wanted to get the dust out. He's like, you live there? I was like, yeah. What's your name? And I told him my name. And he goes, okay. And then he walks over and there's one plainly dressed police officer with them. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> the police officer, like... I don't, I didn't understand it. Like the police officer couldn't just knock on my door. They had to immediately call the SWAT team for this. So he comes back and he's like trying to explain to me what's going on. And I said, do you guys really need all of this for just an open door? He's like, you might've had a gun. It's like, yeah, but the fucking cop has a gun. Like, I don't know. So for one open door, six SWAT team members came. Okay. So are you trying to say they don't play around in Arizona? No, they do not fuck around at all jesus so, so you almost got yeah. swatted if if i would have still been cleaning and my door would have been open yeah could have <laughs> could happen <laughs> holy shit well i i mean i heard that story on last podcast on the left dude you should totally email him and tell him that story because holy fuck that's insane yeah it was so surprising too because they were just standing out there looking around for an open door 
honestly, they didn't even have like a number. He was just looking at all of the apartments on my like all the buildings are separated. They have like eight units per side. He was just looking at all of the units. He didn't even have a number. So if anyone would have had their door open, they would have gotten swatted. Jesus, that's insane. You know, I a part of me is convinced that police do that. Well, number one, just because they can. But number two, because they can bill the state more money for using the SWAT team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I have a I have a buddy who's a cop, and he said that they were probably just bored and responded to a call. <laughs> so like, they get out the SWAT equipment for um, someone cleaning well, their fucking house? They weren't necessarily like SWAT. They were – he explained to me they were – I forgot what their name is, but there's some kind of like special police unit that handles like high-risk situations like that. So they're not like SWAT officially, but they are like something like that. Dude, that is – holy shit, that is insane. That's just – that's – I can't even imagine if I saw – police outside my door with AR-15s because the door was open. Like, I I kind of understand that there could have been someone who broke in or something like that, but Jesus. Yeah, well, I'm a little bit more used to, like, seeing people with, like, rifles and shit and, like, armor and all that walking around. But could I couldn't imagine someone who's, like, never seen that shit, and all of a sudden there's just, like, cops outside their door with fucking, you know, like, machine guns and shit. I couldn't it's so fucking crazy, but yeah. Imagine if you're a little old lady, dude. They'd bust in, give her a goddamn heart attack or something. Yeah, and I had just moved there like probably five or six months before that. So <laughs> it's it's like I I totally like didn't even think that shit happened. Like that's on a that, Saturday afternoon. That that is absolutely insane. Holy fuck. Well, anyway, let's move on to something more insane here now. Uh, I'm gonna do the hot sheets this week because we I I did we did a little digging pre-show to find out where the really really crazy tabloids were and I, apparently they're just I don't know if they're not in circulation anymore or whatever but uh, the Weekly World News is kind of I think what we wanted to find and I looked on the archives now this particular issue I'm reading out of is from January 27th 1981. Uh, neither you or I were born at this point yet, Phil. No, we were not. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the cover says Hitler's secret UFO plans, which is always fun. It has a picture of a woman who I can't recognize. She looks kind of like a celebrity. I, I don't know. But what we're going to be reading is from Pauline Bennett's World of the Unusual, which, uh, she looks kind of like a crazy person. So it fits the bill. Now, it's apparently a paranormal section of said newspaper, and we're going to be reading Evil Spirits Take Control of the Church. Parishioners at the 130-year-old church are scared to death of evil spirits that withstand every effort to exorcise them. The Reverend Christopher Johnson of the Eton England Church says it was built on the spot where ancients conducted Devil worship and pagan rituals, including human sacrifice. I'm not believing any of this so far. <laughs> well, also known as the Celts. <laughs> and yeah, they just were a different religion. So that makes it devil worship. <laughs> Do you know where Eton, England is? Well, no, but I mean, if you think about like Stonehenge and the, ah, yeah, 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 the yeah. Celts and the fucking, uh, you know. <laughs> All of those guys. They didn't believe in the devil, I don't think, because the devil's a 
Christian fucking monotheism well, construct. But well, yeah. if, if you really look into like the history of all that, basically the devil's been in Christianity, but he wasn't like the bad guy. He wasn't like the ultimate evil that's kind of changed over the last, I think, couple hundred years or whatever. But anyway, when church authorities called in an exorcist to banish the spirits, he failed. Uh, this is a quote from the priest. He said he heard young girls screaming and shrieking. He told us the forces were very powerful. Recently, the victor says he found his vestments had been stolen and candles had been placed around the interior of the church as if for some, quote, awful purpose. Oof. So this is uh, 30 years ago, almost 30 years ago now. So uh, I wonder if the demons are still there. What do you think? Yeah, I would probably suspect teenagers like right <laughs> off the bat. I don't think I would immediately think, oh, demons. If somebody broke into your church and was like <laughs> pushing candles around and doing shit like that. I just keep envisioning like a, a priest magician's going in there and he's conjuring exorcism spells and just shooting them at the spirits in the church. <laughs> we also found marijuana cigarettes and half drunk <laughs> bottles of beer. Definitely demonic shit. <laughs> uh, let, I'm going to top this off before we get on to the main meat and potatoes. Uh, and the bottom here, they have Madame Bennett's prediction for the week. Uh, it says, famed Romanian psychic Pauline Bennett has shown amazing accuracy in her astounding predictions of the future. Now, here's her prediction for the week. Russian genetic engineers will soon develop a cross between a pig and a sheep to ease the nation's food shortage. Ah, uh, as far as I know, that didn't happen. Are you aware of that? No, I mean, it may have happened. I don't know. They <laughs> do some crazy shit. Maybe nowadays it might happen, but I don't think in the 80s. Well, it sounds like basically they're making the meat that uh, comes in euros because that's two meats like pushed together, but... Um, I don't, maybe they clone the animals together to like make it easier to make Euro meat. Maybe that's what she foresaw. That could be. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just kind of like one of those, you know, foggy kind of predictions. I, I, I really feel like she just really was craving a Euro and decided to kind of make that her bold <laughs> prediction for the week. Just like when you go to the grocery store hungry and you come home with like, <laughs> Little Debbie's in fucking Mountain Dew. <laughs> That's what happens to her predictions. Uh, before you get started, Phil, here, I just noticed this other headline I want to read for uh, the audience real quick. Uh, right. Military brass puts the skids on serviceman's roller skating fad. What the hell? the fuck is that? <laughs> is there a roller skating <laughs> epidemic in the military or what? <laughs> well, there might have been in the 80s. I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right all right well uh phil take the reins from here tell yeah. us about this it, week's conspiracy yeah roller skating might be a little <laughs> out of place there so uh this week i kind of decided to hit a vaccine conspiracy oh okay we're yeah. gonna piss off a lot of people now yeah so this is kind of a combo uh vaccine conspiracy and anti-vaxxers mm. conspiracy so gonna start it off here the term vaccine was first coined by English doctor Edward Jenner when he invented the first ever vaccine to immunize his patients against smallpox. Smallpox was a highly infectious disease caused by the variola virus, which caused fever and a distinctive skin rash on the body. 
Survivors were left with scars on large areas of their bodies and most oftentimes would occur on their faces. Do you know what year this is? Oh, this is – so I'm going to get into that a little bit. Ah, this is okay. a very long time ago. Okay, okay. So three out, of, three out of ten people who caught smallpox died. And of the survivors, many were left blinded by the disease. So this is kind of the, one of the diseases that we're still scared of because they, like, keep samples of it in uh, test labs or whatever, right? Yes. Uh, we're still afraid of it, mostly because of it being weaponized. Ah. That's kind of what we're really afraid of, like a super smallpox strain that's weaponized. Yeah. You know what's – I mean, this isn't really funny about the coronavirus, but I go <laughs> <laughs> I go around asking people now if they eat bat soup just to make sure I'm safe. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good uh, – actually, there's <laughs> a, a case of it in Illinois, so it's coming close to your doorstep. Ooh, okay. Well, luckily it's too cold. I don't think the bats stay around here, or at least they don't leave their caves, so just quit eating bats. That's all I'm going to say. They're, they're scavengers. Quit eating bats. Yeah, it looks like it's uh, coming in through the major airport hubs and then kind of like disseminated. So after Chicago O'Hare, Minneapolis next. Ooh, I'm going to have to call in sick to work and say I can't come in. There's coronavirus in the state. Just wear one of those Sub-Zero masks. I'm sure you'll be <laughs> fine. So it is believed to have first occurred in early human civilization around 12,000 years ago and has ravished any society in its path until 1980. Hmm. Damn. That wasn't even that long ago. No, it wasn't. So after a World Health Organization campaign to vaccinate against and eradicate the virus, this completely left us, and there hasn't been a natural occurring case uh, since 1977 in Somalia. Mm, okay, makes sense. But I yeah. aren't they okay? Are the is smallpox one of them? They're still trying to offer like free vaccines in like third world countries or is that the polio one i do think there is still smallpox vaccines like if you if you're in the military and you get deployed you get the smallpox vaccine and i do know that they still give it out but i know it's not like a regular thing that like a normal citizen in the u.s will get mm, yeah make i mean it makes sense the threat's not really uh that critical right now no it was naturally occurring infection Obviously, has been wiped out. So, like I said before, they're mostly worried about weaponized. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Edward Jenner created a vaccine against smallpox when he realized that milkmaids previously infected with cowpox didn't catch the much more dangerous smallpox. Mm. Now, cowpox causes pus-filled sores on the udders of cows, and that would be transferred by the hands of milkmaids to other cows on the farm. Yeah, that's... Ugh. Yeah, it's pretty fucking disgusting. So he injected pus from a milkmaid with smallpox into a healthy eight-year-old boy and later used a tactic called variolation, uh, which had no effect. Now, the boy was immune to smallpox, and the first smallpox vaccine in, re in turn was created. Mm, okay, so so really all they need is like the blood of one person who's immune to like replicate it. Yeah, well, I'm going to go into that in a little bit, um, ah, okay. but what they were using was not the blood, but it was the actual infection, like the pus from one of the sores. Mm, okay, so they're basically using and, one pox to fight another pox. Yeah, they're using a less harmful pox to 
um, heal this much more dangerous one. Cowpox was so not a threat that it didn't even have a name. He basically came up with the name Cowpox from what the milkmaids were calling it. I wonder if they've kind of created like a a cow immune immunization for that because uh i grew up you know with cows or whatever all the time and i i have never heard of that yeah i've never heard of it either i mean cows get vaccinations just like humans do yeah it's true so in fact the latin word vaccine translates to from or pertaining to cows the cowpox disease was known in latin as variola vaccine and the word variola is just Latin for pox. So vaccine literally means like cowpox in Latin. Is that what you're saying? Well, vaccine uh, comes from the word vaccine, which means cows. Hmm. Interesting. I had no idea. That's really neat. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting when I found that. So this breakthrough, however, would create the first ever anti-vaxxers along with the vaccine. <laughs> So, of course. <laughs> as a vaccine quickly reduced the need for varolators, a practice started in Asia in which dry scabs from a smallpox sore were blown into the nose or inserted into the skin of a healthy person to give them a reduced form of the virus with a smaller chance of death than the smallpox. Ooh, that is, uh, I don't want nobody doing that to me. Yeah, so like I said before how they didn't actually use the pus from someone with smallpox. They used it from someone with cowpox. Someone using it from someone with smallpox in this case would be called an inoculation. So, and it's a different thing. Mm, okay, but did it actually help them? It did. Uh, you were less likely to die from the smallpox given to you from the variolators, and later on, you would be immune from smallpox. Mm. Well, I mean. I assume that's kind of how... Is smallpox a disease or a virus? It's a virus, right? So it's a virus that causes a disease. Ah, okay. So if you... I assume it's like most of the other ones. If you survive it one time, then you're immune to it. Yeah, yeah. And if you catch it again, it'll be like a much less form. You won't mm. get near as sick <laughs> as you would like the first time around. Like the uh, the chicken pox parties? Yeah, those yeah, those things. Hey, why don't you go <laughs> cough in Johnny's mouth? Maybe even spit in there to make sure he gets it. <laughs> that was a great episode of South Park. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so these variolators, after losing money to the new vaccination, produced illustrations that warned against the smallpox vaccination, including one from satirist James Gilray depicting people having small bulls emerge from their skin after receiving the smallpox vaccination. I mean, that's kind of fun. That's kind of funny. Yeah. No, if you if you actually look at the picture, it is kind of funny. I'm going to post it on Instagram, so <laughs> it's it's pretty good. There's some uh there's some hefty women with uh these basically like bulls with like the horns coming <laughs> out of like their pox sores. So. Ooh, I mean, yeah. It's gross. Yeah. So Benjamin Mosley, another 18th and 19th century controversy stirrer, is also credited with starting the controversy that the smallpox vaccine caused more harm than good, claiming that the sores from the injection erupted and that the vaccine could mange, cause skull head, or cause cowpox in the faces of humans. What the hell is skull head? I don't know exactly what skull head is, but I imagine it's something where you also, like, have scars on your head and, like, lose your hair. Kind of like mange. Hmm. It's funny that 
no matter what it is, doesn't matter how helpful it is, it's like somebody is always extremely skeptical of it. You know what I mean? It's just like it's the human condition to be skeptical about everything. Yeah, you can't only say it's dangerous and it might not. You have to say it's horrible, the most horrible thing on Earth. It can't just be, oh, maybe it doesn't work. Oh, maybe it's not good for you. <laughs> it has to be terrible. Cause mange. Yeah. Ugh. What are we, a fucking coyote in the woods? Jesus, come on. Yeah, definitely. So worst of all, Mosley claimed that one victim, Sarah Burley, had her face distorted and began looking like an ox. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe this guy's just a, is a huge dick and doesn't know how else to say that. Maybe she looks a little homely. Yeah, she claims that the uh, cowpox, the, basically the smallpox virus, gave her the face of an ox. So okay. maybe she wasn't that pretty before, or maybe she just wasn't a person. I think that guy was just a dick. Could have been just a dick. He's just know. like, he's like, I, could you imagine people going around and like, say he got rejected by this lady or whatever. He's like, oh my God, I think. The pox vaccine has turned you into looking like an ox. I can't believe he, it. Nobody will date you now. He meets her at an inn and she turns him down flat. He just walks around the next day all hungover and pissed off. Hey, did you hear about that bitch, Sarah Burley? She's got an ox. She's got an ox face. I, I wouldn't go anywhere near. You ever heard of the Minotaur? I think we got a real life one now. God, what a prick. She, she might also be a witch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm That's surprised, they, did, I'm surprised they didn't try to start up the witch trials again or something after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in another story, Mosley claimed that an infant of four months began growing patches of cow hair on his back and thighs until eventually dying at the age of three and a half, looking, of course, like a cow. <sighs> Can you imagine if uh, World Weekly News had gotten a hold of that story? The fucking cowboy, literal cow baby boy or whatever. I don't even know what you'd call it. They might call him a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the, definitely the definitely the anti-vaxxers would jump on board. <laughs> maybe it was just a Greek baby who had a lot of back hair. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there is that disease. Uh, the what wolf is it? Boy like one? the uh, wolf boy? Yeah, the yeah. wolf boy is a real thing. I wonder how they're doing. I haven't seen them since I saw them on uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah, I don't know exactly if they have a treatment for that or not. But mm, I don't know. I feel like I heard they died, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure on that one. So this forced supporters of the vaccine to fire back at the anti-vaxxers of the day and claim that British cows from which the pox was taken were the cleanest cows on Earth. Oh, okay. I yeah. think Iowa's got something to say about that, huh, Phil? Yeah, I'm pretty sure California makes some uh, commercials right now about their cheese. <laughs> they got the happiest cows on fucking earth, so take that. Hey, I've seen those Chick-fil-A cows. They look pretty clean, and I don't think they're British. Yeah, it's funny how cows in commercials never have shit up to their <laughs> knees. <laughs> and they're never drooling from their mouths. You ever notice that? Yeah, coming from two people who basically grew up on farms i can tell you you're pretty lucky if you can find a cow without shit covering it half its body yeah pretty much a cow is always drooling yeah. imagine a baby that's teething and then times that by like 
as if there was like a gallon of spit coming <laughs> off of a cow's mouth. That's exactly what it looks like. Well, probably all the time. Probably what you'd say is you take all your uh, your coworkers or even mine who sit and chew skull all day spitting everywhere. That's basically what a cow is. Yeah, I don't. None of my coworkers chew skull. Actually, it's not that big here. Well, I mean, I not skull, but any chewing tobacco. There's just spit everywhere. Oh yeah, back when I lived in Minnesota in <sighs> Iowa, yeah, they love the dip. People, oh, they love yeah. the dip. So the only problem was that because of the arm-to-arm transfer of the vaccine, and later on, the utter-to-arm transfer of the vaccine, coupled with the fact that they didn't have any knowledge of things like germs or doctors washing their hands between patients, uh, this all led to the spread of tuberculosis, tetanus, syphilis, and some other diseases of the day. Damn, so the fact of them curing smallpox ended up causing other problems because they didn't know uh because style uh, like dial soap hadn't been invented yet ah. uh yeah so they they weren't washing the arms they weren't washing their hands like nothing it was all due to contamination and it was the needles were all dirty and like being used on more and more people so Ugh. i feel like they didn't figure out they had to do that until what like the 19 is it like 30s or 40s they didn't figure that out yeah they definitely there was a lot of like in those previous wars like civil war world war one there was a lot of people dying because of infection more mm. than like bullets yeah kind of crazy Ugh. so dr creighton who was one of the most adamant and renowned anti-vaxxers of the 19th and early 20th century argued that vaccines were a poison sent into the body and that they didn't provide any real protection from the disease now, Dr. Creighton spread more propaganda, even claiming that cowpox and the vaccine were the cause of syphilis. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, which is weird because syphilis had been around in Europe for <laughs> quite a long time at that point. Well, so. I feel like it had been around a long time, but they didn't know it existed, right? Or they didn't really know what it what it did to people. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the first reported case was in Europe. Uh, they believe it came from the New World. So, mm, okay. Well, I mean, did they know the full extent of it? What it does to people, you think? I think they knew what it did to people. I think they just didn't quite know why. Mm, yeah. Cuz I uh, I mean, I think let's say uh learning in health class or whatever you learn about the STDs or whatever, but until I was older and did like a, uh, I think in speech class in college, I did uh, a thing about Al Capone and I didn't realize what the end result of syphilis is because he had syphilis, you know, and he went fucking absolutely insane because it deteriorates your brain. Yeah, it definitely, there's a degradation of your fucking uh, (laughs) everything, like nervous system. So, yeah. Yeah, it's not good. No, definitely not. And uh, so syphilis, this is just one little thing that I kind of picked up. Syphilis was actually one of the first diseases that was considered a new disease when basically people started using like the scientific method around the time that it was discovered. And it's not one of those things like smallpox that had been around for 12,000 years. Like it was a brand new thing. So like, uh, do you know what approximate what year this would be? Um. Ooh, it's the, I know it's in the late 1400s, early 1500s okay. that smallpox, that syphilis came around. Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. Yeah. 
like I said, it, it came back from the New World to Europe from the, you know, the Europeans. But I can't imagine back in like the 1500s, they knew that it drove people insane. No, they wouldn't have known anything about that. Mm, so, okay. I mean, they wouldn't have known the long term effects. They would just see the short term effects like right away. Yeah. So, hmm. So while anti-vaccine activists like Dr. Creighton argued against the smallpox vaccine, modern anti-vaxxers have moved on from this unneeded vaccine into an ever-abundant number of vaccines that modern medicine has shot into the bodies of their current patients. Uh, these are the people that I don't like. I've never met one in person, but uh, obviously they're everywhere. Take five minutes and go on Reddit. You can find uh, their Facebook posts and everything pretty easy. Yeah, from a lot of the things I saw in videos, it seems like a lot of them are young mothers, millennial mothers. So yeah, I I mean I think you're gonna get to the point of why it's probably young mothers more than anybody. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's mostly. Vaccines mostly affect the children that you give them to. So like an adult already has all their vaccines. A lot of these anti-vaxxers have all the vaccines that they need, but they don't want to give their kids the vaccine. Yeah, because they don't want to give their kids uh, autism, basically. Yeah, well, that's one of them. Yeah. Uh, Going to get into that one. A yeah, bit. I, I kind of figured. <laughs> so like I said, anti-vaxxers of the 19th and 18th century did end up losing that battle. Um, the verilators that I was talking about before, who would blow the dried up smallpox scabs into the nose of their patients, ended up getting outlawed in the 1840s. And more and more, the smallpox vaccine was not really forced at first, but eventually became mandatory. Mm. Uh, so is it still illegal? Like, like right now, if I crushed up my scab and blew it in someone's face, is that technically illegal? Um, uh, <laughs> this was in Britain that verilators became illegal. <laughs> I think it's illegal, but it's probably frowned upon. Yeah, so. I'd imagine you'd probably get at least assault if the person wanted to. Yeah, don't do that to anyone who doesn't want it. No, basically. <laughs> please keep your scabs to yourself. Yeah, keep uh, keep anything to yourself that anyone else doesn't want. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, anti-vaxxers of the past did lose that battle, but there are brand new current anti-vaxxers for the myriad of vaccines that we have nowadays. Now, there are many reasons why people do not want to get vaccines. Some have good reason to refuse. Uh, some have allergic reactions to vaccines and have to refuse the treatment. Yeah. But besides this good reason... There are others who refuse the vaccine for non-medical reasons. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we've had, I, I think it was literally last year we had an outbreak of measles in Minnesota from people who uh, refused to vaccinate their kids and they were spreading it to other kids. Yeah, that's definitely on the rise. Now, yeah. I'm going to actually go through some of the reasons. The belief that we live in a sanitary society and that vaccines should only be used for people living in poor or unclean societies. Okay, it doesn't really w work like that, but okay. Apparently they've never ridden on a city bus. <laughs> or they don't realize that germs and stuff uh, say, hey, we're just going to stay in like poverty-stricken areas. It, it doesn't really work like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody is like a complete uh, biosystem. Like, yeah. you're one person, but you have 
billions of germs and bacteria living on you and in so what's the uh urban legend that every day you touch like 17 penises when you touch door handles oh yeah i've heard that one <laughs> or you're never you're never more than three feet away from semen something like uh, that <laughs> yeah well i know fecal matter is like everywhere in the air but uh you can't oh, see yeah. it obviously anytime someone farts it's, there's little particles of shit flying <laughs> in the air so another one is for religious reasons. Okay, I mean, I guess if it's really a religion, sure, but uh, I feel like a lot of people don't realize it's not always just about you. You're literally spreading infection to other people. Yeah, and one of the things that I read is most religions, like the mainstream version of these religions, don't refute or refuse the vaccine at all. It's these little offshoots. These crazy little, like, cults yeah. that people end up belonging to, like the tiny churches. <laughs> it, it's always the cults. It's always the goddamn cults. Yeah. Well, not just cults, but, like, singular churches that live inside of, like, this big system. Like, it might be just one pastor who's telling these people, don't get your kid vaccinated, you know, the devil's in that syringe or some <laughs> bullshit like that. You know what I've heard? The only thing that differentiates like a, a an organized religion from like a uh, a cult is basically the uh tax exempt status <laughs> i yeah. don't know well, if that's true or not but bill I, maher always says the only difference between like a mainstream religion and a cult is that a cult has a leader uh who basically invents the religion and in mainstream religions that dude's dead that's the only difference. Yeah, that's a, that, hey, that's a great point, actually. I like that. Yeah. So another one is the fact that you can still get sick even though you get the vaccine. Yeah, but are you getting the exact sickness that you're vaccinated for? Well, you are getting that sickness, but it's probably a lot less harmful after you get the vaccine. Like, if it's something that can kill you without the vaccine, after you get the vaccine... It won't kill you. Like, that's what the the measles is, that situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose if you're vaccinated for it, uh, your, what is it, white blood cells or whatever know how to fight it. Yeah, the little uh, the little soldiers inside your body know what they're yeah. up against. I mean, I guess that's the whole premise of the uh, flu shot. Oh, yeah, definitely. Another one is the mistrust in modern science and wanting to live a more homeopathic life and use that homeopathic medicine instead. I mean, again, if that I I would put that along the lines of like religious beliefs, kind of, because that's your belief system that if you use natural remedies or whatever, then that cures you, I guess, more power to you. Yeah, that's another thing that ends up falling into a religion. Yeah. You know, they be they believe in it so much that it's almost like their faith. What was uh? What's the one like? You grind up rhinoceros horn and you get a you can have boners or something. I'm pretty sure that's one of their one of those beliefs. It is. It's uh, it's, it's a uh, aphrodisiac. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you <laughs> know what? I, I'm sure there's some weird reason they're eating bat soup and now there's that fucking coronavirus. So maybe you know what? Let's pump the brakes on that. Don't judge other cultures. It might taste amazing. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's not much meat on a bat. That's why they have to make a fucking soup out of it. That's true. There's also the belief that Big Pharma is evil, which I kind of agree with. Yeah, I, I definitely do too. I think most people agree that Big Pharma is not really your friend. But 
we're more afraid of pharma because of the prices of medication, right? Not necessarily because I don't know. I don't think vaccines are that expensive. No, they're not. I'm more against big pharma because of all of the opioids that they're kind of pushing onto the world and the United States especially. Oh, yeah. I swear to God, every person that I've met, you talk to them and they know somebody who has overdosed from like just prescription pills, basically, you know what I mean? Or like, that's what they started on and now they're a heroin addict or whatever. And they OD'd accidentally. And, you know, it's, it's just an escalation uh, from from opioids or whatever. Yeah, that's uh, that's getting really big, like in uh, small town America now is addiction to pills like it's really hurting rural communities you know what did i ever tell the story on here about uh when i was in my car crash no i don't think i did well uh, i had to spend the night in the hospital you know because i was pretty fucked up or whatever and so when i first got in the ambulance they injected me with fentanyl and i was just like because I asked how much pain I was in and my shoulder was broken. I was like in a lot of pain. So they yeah. shot me up and like I felt great for about 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden I just felt like I needed to throw up really bad. And after that, I just was like, just give me Tylenol or ibuprofen. I don't want any of that. And they kept yeah. saying, you need to take these stool softeners. And I'm like, why do I need to take stool softeners? I don't I can go to the bathroom. Fine. They're like. No, no, all those, you know, the painkillers, they're going to make you constipated. You have to take these stool softeners. I'm like, well, I didn't take any painkillers because I don't want to. And, that, like, I had to go through that with, like, four people. Like, I don't want the goddamn painkillers. I'll I'll survive without them. Yeah, this day and age, they just expect you to be like, oh, the drugs. Give me the drugs. You know, that was when I I broke my toe playing soccer a few years back and – the prescription they gave me, I expected just some like mild painkiller, you know, like take some Tylenol. It's going to hurt really bad for one day and not so bad, you know, after two days. They gave me 14 Percocet, told me to take Ooh, three a day. Jesus Christ, yeah. that's insane. Man. See, I that's the whole reason I don't want to take. I'm not trying to be all hiding, uh, you know, high and righteous, but it's like I see so many people or met so many people who like get super addicted to them. So I'm like, I don't even want to touch that stuff. Yeah, I uh, I took one when I got home that night because I was still in a lot of pain. And the next day I was like, all right, I've heard bad shit about this. So I just tossed them. <laughs> like, I don't want to become one of those people. No, sucking some guy's dick outside of a pizza hut for another Percocet. <laughs> you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, I'd rather be addicted to gambling or alcohol. Those are easy. Yeah, nicotine. <laughs> yeah, the vaccine isn't effective enough and not worth the trouble. This is found in the yearly flu vaccine, like we were just talking about, and the fact that it doesn't prevent all forms of flu. I mean, flu is like a weird one, though, because it mutates a lot. Yeah, but a lot of people don't like the vac, like don't want to take the vaccine because they don't really see it as like a purpose, like having to take it every year and they can still get sick. Uh, there's a lot of people who also believe that the flu vaccine makes you sick. I'm one of those people because it makes me sick every single time. Oh, really? I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't gotten a flu shot probably ever, but when I get sick, I I can never, I've heard that sinus infection and the flu are very similar, and I'm one who gets like chronic sinus infections, which you can't fucking do shit about anyway, so I never know if I actually get the flu or if I get a sinus infection. 
Yeah, I've had, well, I had to take uh, flu shots for 10 years. If I wasn't in the military, I wouldn't have taken them at all. So, And you get sick every single year? Every single time that I got a flu shot, I got sick either that night or the next day. Now, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, uh, when I got, I remember a long time ago when I got a tetanus shot, I got really sick that day, but then I was like, I was like fine after that. Apparently that's like a normal thing. Yeah, tetanus is, uh, last time I had tetanus shot, it did hurt. Like my arm felt like it was going to fall off for like (laughs) a few hours afterwards, but that was it. Yeah. Anyway. So the next one, opposition to freedom of choice, and this is after laws are enacted, forcing parents to vaccinate their children just to get them into school. I mean, again, it's technically forcing them, but kids are like where those things spread. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Like you got to be aware of other children. You don't want to get them sick and have them die. Yeah, everyone, like we were mentioning before, everyone's worried about like, personal freedoms being kind of stomped on but there is a it's like a public good like it's not just your kid it's not just your freedom of choice it's all of these other kids like could you imagine if you sent your kid to school and they didn't have the measles you know inoculation all of a sudden like another kid gets really sick and is hospitalized that would be fucking terrible yeah i know and i I mean this i guess they could come back to the argument well if this kid was immunized for measles why is he getting measles well i'm almost positive that's because when new unvaccinated kid has measles it will mutate into something that the other kids not immunized to you know what i mean well it is possible that there's that but measles is uh i'm gonna mention it in a bit measles you need like a herd immunity so you need like all the people Uh, around to, to to wipe it out completely you need everyone to be vaccinated so that they don't catch the original measles from an outside source. Okay. So everyone in the community has to be vaccinated. But I'm assuming measles, that's because measles mutates, changes. Yeah, well, that could also be. I just didn't read anything. No, I'm assuming if, if, if that's the case, it's probably because it mutates quickly like the flu, I would imagine. Oh, okay, yeah. Like the well, flu, I mean, that's the, possible. Like the flu, every single year, it's a different strain. Like it keeps changing, so it's hard to like immunize it. Yeah, it's hard to pin that one down. The measles um, did actually get eradicated once, but it, it's made a comeback. Mm, probably from people not back. Like I said, literally in my home state, in the city I live in, there's outbreak in a school of fucking measles. Yeah. So uh, this is kind of the last one, and this is maybe the most important. Uh, there is a belief that vaccines would do more harm than good. Yeah, I've, I mean, we've all heard this, I think. One of the most popular anti-vaxxer conspiracies pertains to MMR, or measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine. What the hell is rubella? I'm not exactly sure what <laughs> rubella is, but I have heard of measles. So. I was going to say, it, rubella sounds like a type of root vegetable. Yeah, so MMR <laughs> is kind of like the regimen vaccines that shots that you get um against oh, all three of these gotcha okay yeah yeah we all got them when we were in school so. are these like the butt shots mm, i don't think they're the butt shots <laughs> i think that they're the I've, arm shot i fi- i thought the school ones were like the hepatitis ones 
Well, I remember getting hepatitis. I don't remember getting a shot in the butt for MMR. Of course, that, it might have been when I was like four or five. Yeah, so. I can still remember when I was a little kid, like little kid, going to a doctor's office and getting butt shots, but I don't know what they were for. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was in kindergarten and I got taken out of school for that. I don't remember if it was MMR, though. Yeah, Might anyway. have been. Who knows? So in 1998, a paper was published on the connection of the MMR vaccine to the autism spectrum and colitis. Now, this idea, which became popular in the UK and Ireland at the time, led to a large drop in the number of children receiving the vaccine and a jump in the number of cases of measles and mumps in the United Kingdom. Ugh, God, this is uh, this is like a ridiculous argue, or like belief to me personally. Yeah, basically this one, I'm going to say it, it's this one bullshit paper caused a lot of parents <laughs> to not vaccinate their kids. And all of the progress that they were making, like, started to turn around in the opposite direction. Did you did you happen to look up the, like, statistics for the numbers of kids who, like, how many men and how many women actually have autism? No, I didn't. Okay, no, it's, no, no, no. That's... The spectrum's pretty big. Like, but pretty much everyone's on it, I've heard. But from what I've heard previously on this particular subject um, I'm kind of just going off the top of my head but uh, I know males have a much higher chance than females of having autism uh, and it's still like over all the vaccines and all that shit it's basically like uh, 1% I believe of males can get it and like females is way less but uh, but it's uh, there's like uh, no direct correlation between autism and uh vaccines i don't it, to me it always sounds like we really didn't understand autism like we do today obviously you know what i mean like there's probably a lot of people who are undiagnosed for a long time yeah well i've heard that there's like a wide spectrum and that like the the what we think of when we think of like autism is just like the worst cases of it there's a lot of people who are just like a tiny bit autistic and not really you know, they yeah. have like on the spectrum, they're on like the way, like much, much more functional end of it. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, people can have autism and be completely functional. And you'd never even know, you know what I mean? So it's. Yeah. But yeah, it's just this is this is some, yeah. these are just the most ridiculous things to me. Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get any statistics on how many people have autism. No, uh, I, I was just asking because I remember because I had heard this before and I was kind of like, I wasn't exactly sure like what percentage of the population actually has it. You know what I mean? I thought it was kind of a, a little, it was a lot higher amount than I actually thought. Oh, yeah. Um. So definitely they didn't really understand it that well in 19 either. And you'll kind of see this paper by Andrew Wakefield, how he kind of doesn't really use the best scientific method to <laughs> to uh, do this study. So the paper's lead author, Andrew Wakefield, claimed that the use of the triple shot vaccine regimen should be suspended, and instead a single-use vaccine should be used until the link between MMR and autism could be ruled out. Okay, so he's saying, why is it a single shot's better than all three? It's something that has to do with the amount of dosages that's coming into you so mm, okay. sometimes it's like there's three shots there's 
Uh, I think in that time in England, there was six shots that they were using. So it was just a, a ton of doses going into these kids. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. So according to Gregory M. Pollard's article in the September 2011 Mayo Clinic Proceedings, which was titled MMR Vaccine and Autism, Vaccine Nihilism and Postmodern Science. Now, this is a quote. No credible scientific evidence, however, supports the claim that the MMR vaccine causes autism. And indeed, national medical authorities and scientific professional societies have unanimously denounced that claim. Ugh, I've I, this I've heard of this article before. It's just this guy's insane. Yeah, the 1998 paper. Yeah, I've heard of this because he's a uh, is he a German scientist or is he? No, he's a British scientist. British scientist. That's what it was. I knew he wasn't an American scientist. No. Yeah. So there's been there's this one paper from this one guy. And then there's been like multiple studies around the world, like trying to debunk, trying to debunk this guy's paper <laughs> which which is sad because the original paper really caught fire and then all of the other articles like no one's ever heard of them yeah so. it's always it's always the who are you gonna hear about david Eichen talking about reptilians are you gonna hear about someone saying there is no reptilians of course yeah. you're gonna hear about david Eichen's reptilians because it's a lot more interesting yeah one crazy voice is a lot louder than a million sensible voices <laughs> sensible so. ones yeah yeah, definitely. So in the article, Pollard states that there has been over 20 studies into the MMR vaccine and its possible links to development of any autism disorder, and that none of those studies have found any connection between them. Pollard also wrote that the editor of the British Medical Journal published a commentary stating that Wakefield's MMR autism research was clearly fraudulent. Uh, that was cited uh, from the same source basically wow okay and those uh that's strong words there yeah so this is important because mmr deals with measles which is a highly transmissible disease and it needs what i mentioned before a herd immunity of about 96 percent coverage of the population to stop an outbreak from happening approximately one in every three thousand people infected with the measles dies many of the infected need to be hospitalized it can get so bad Jesus. so this uh planned population coverage really has been damaged uh in the wake of the wakefield study and its claims have been picked up by all of the modern anti mm, yeah god that i didn't know measles was that dangerous like one in three thousand that's it's too many yeah yeah and uh it's, it's one in three thousand dies but then there's a lot of the really bad cases these kids need to be hospitalized it's not just like they stay home for a couple days. Yeah. Like, it can get bad. Yeah, even though you don't die, you probably feel like dying. Yeah. So, like you were saying, there was that outbreak in the high school. Yeah. Um, like I just said, 96% coverage needs to be maintained. So, when it drops below that, an outbreak can occur. Mm, yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm fairly certain why the reason for the outbreak here was because of a particular religious sect that didn't allow vaccines. I'm almost positive it was their children, so um, that's kind of why the outbreak occurred. Was it? Uh, was it the Hmong? Uh, no, I believe it was the Somalian population. Oh, okay. Their uh, Muslim faith. I don't think a. I don't know about all of them, but I think from what I've heard, their particular sect of it doesn't allow vaccines. 
Okay, yeah. So. And uh, there's a really high population of Somalian immigrants in Minnesota. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Rochester and Minneapolis. Yep. So as I mentioned before with the Wakefield study, uh, I mentioned it was kind of fraudulent. Here are some of the uh, problems. And this was run by the Immunization Coalition of Delaware titled Vaccine Conspiracies and Controversies. This is where I found everything wrong with the Wakefield experiment. <laughs> so the cohort was self-referred and did not include control subjects, which left the authors unable to determine if the occurrence of autism following MMR vaccine was casual or coincidental. Mm, yeah, you, you kind of you kind of need a control. <laughs> yeah, because you don't actually know if those kids were autistic before they got there or not, so... He was paid to conduct the study by lawyers of parents who believed their child had been harmed by the triple MMR vaccine. Mm. Yeah, I've, this is the part I've definitely heard before. Yeah, it kind of goes into what we were just talking about with not knowing if your patients already had uh, autism. So, yeah, he received 55,000 pounds from solicitors seeking evidence to use against vaccine manufacturers. Yeah, you can't do that. Definitely. He had applied for patents on a rival vaccine. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah. <laughs> he takes payouts and then he has a patent on it? Come on. Yeah. So, basically, what he wanted to harm would have died off and then he would make money on the new vaccine. So, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the study acted without institutional review board approval. So they had no oversight. Ugh, Jesus, this is like, I feel like every anti-vaxxer should just read this part and then decide for themselves if they really believe this guy. Yeah. Uh, last one, this had more to do with the colitis than the autism, but Wakefield bought blood samples from children at his son's birthday party. Okay, what for? I don't know, just to use in the study. He basically just, there were some kids around and... Apparently, he bought blood samples from them, or their parents, I'm guessing. Huh, that's a weird thing to ask for at a uh, kid's birthday party. Yeah, usually you <laughs> send the party favors home with the kids. <laughs> Do you mind if I buy your kid's blood? Come on, little <laughs> Timmy, I need some blood. Give it to me. Come on, we're playing a fun game. Chasing around with the fucking syringe. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Give Me Your Blood. Yeah, <laughs> we're playing Vampire. It's a brand new <laughs> game I bought. I made it out. <laughs> So the publisher of Wakefield's paper, Lancet, fully redacted the publishing of the paper in 2010, which was 12 years after they first published it. That year, Wakefield's medical license was revoked due to, quote, serious and wide-ranging findings of misconduct. <laughs> so, God. Yeah. God. It's, yeah. uh, this, I think this just proves a point of how dangerous you know, releasing false studies can be. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, this was only out for 12 years. Right away, everyone was trying to prove it false. But look how it caught fire. I mean, everyone's heard of MMR can cause autism. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, it reminds me, I mean, it's a little different, but um, did you see the, uh, who's the HBO guy, the British guy who does, like, the, the news stuff? John Oliver. Yeah, John Oliver. He... That one about where if you hear it on like the Today Show or something where they're basically like, 
a new study finds that chocolate will actually reduce your chance of cancer. Like how they're they're taking those studies from like unpublished findings and just kind of like spinning it and telling people that information. Yeah, and most of the time those are really ads. Those are sponsored by companies. Yeah, it's like or it was that or it was like a doctor was proposing that that might actually possibly be something but it needed more testing but like the news didn't care they just are like oh no eat chocolate you won't get cancer anymore yeah the ladies at home will love it run it (laughs) god stuff like that is just you gotta be gotta be careful because people just take it and run with it yeah you definitely gotta be vigilant and do your fucking homework if something doesn't make sense in your head then it probably is there there's probably a reason for that the problem really, too, though, is if you're already looking for reasons not to trust this shit, you're going to find them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, anybody who wants to see what these uh, the anti-vaxxers are like in the wild, you literally go to Reddit, go to r slash insane people of Facebook, and uh, <laughs> just read through the posts on there. I mean, there'll be a lot of other stuff besides anti-vaxxers, but there's a lot of anti-vaxxers on there. Oh, yeah, there's always a community for everybody. Like I said, if you're looking for something, you'll find it. Uh, I, like, I, there's always the headline that's like, oh, my two beautifully healthy, unvaccinated uh, children never been sick in their lives. If I have to hear, see that one more time. My favorite is the uh, the vegan cats. The cats who look like they're on death's doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> These four fucking cats are like three years old and they look like they're... 25 (laughs) it's so sad just feed him some food let him outside and catch a rat they're gonna catch a rat they need well most of them are too sick but i mean maybe there is a safe vegan diet for him but like i'm pretty sure that means they need protein protein of some some source of protein some yeah some real good i mean especially cats they're fucking they are not like they're not herbivores. They no. they are meat eaters. There are bird and fucking mouse species that are extinct now because of fucking domesticated house cats. <laughs> it's it's bad. They're killing machines. <laughs> yeah, just wait. So, uh, those cats are gonna revolt and end up eating the owners who aren't feeding them. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's the difference between a dog and a cat. A dog might feel bad about eating its dead owner. Cats will fucking eat start eating their owner with food in its bowl. <laughs> They don't give a fuck. <laughs> Whatever tastes the best, they're going to eat it. Yeah, starting with the eyes. <laughs> but that's getting off topic. But So measles, like I mentioned before, was eradicated in 2012. However, because of the lack of MMR vaccinations and herd mortality really decreased, uh, in 2004, over 600 cases of measles were reported. This is solely blamed on the anti-vaxxers phenomenon and the failure to immunize against the disease. Like I said, that was 2014. I think it has, like you said, there has been more outbreaks since then. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, I just feel like last year was like the the highest number of reported measles outbreaks. So it's like it's steadily, it's like slowly going up every single year because the kids who weren't vaccinated are starting to reach the age where they start to spread it around and everything. So where they catch it and bring it to their friends. Yeah. yeah. So, Ugh, so yeah. it'll probably only get worse as worse as the years uh, progress. Yeah, definitely. 
So one last little thing I'm going to talk about, another worry that anti-vaxxers have with the safety of the vaccines is heavy metals that are put into these vaccines, metals like aluminum and mercury. Mm. So one of the biggest turnoffs of modern medicines is the presence of metals like aluminum and mercury. Aluminum is present in several vaccines, including hepatitis A and B, DTaP and TTaP, HIV, and the HPV vaccine, also in pneumococcal vaccines, mm. which is a fun word to say. <laughs> Num- is it pneumococcal meningitis, I think? I know that meningitis is like, you don't want that. You're basically dead if you have that. Yeah. Oh, that's the one in your spine, isn't it? Yeah, that's basically Ugh, yeah. like, if you get that, uh, your chances of living are pretty pretty low because it's in your spinal fluid, I'm pretty sure. And it changes you forever, pretty much. <sighs> yeah, so yeah. if they had a vaccine Bad. for that, that's fucking amazing because that's a horrible thing nobody should ever have to go through. Oh, definitely. But, uh, so, oh, go ahead. So aluminum is used as an adjuvant, which allows for the vaccine to be absorbed more easily, meaning less doses. When administrated in a vaccine, 50% of the metal is eliminated by the kidneys within 24 hours. And there's only a small amount of the aluminum that remains in the uh, body's tissues. So it should also be noted that aluminum is in water, air, and the food that we consume. Yeah, I was going to, well, I was going to literally say when you said mercury, I bet these people who are worried about the mercury in it are literally devouring farm-raised fish they're buying in a fucking grocery store that is loaded with mercury, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, salmon, I think tuna has it in it really bad. Yeah. Like, it's only, like, like, fish always has it in it naturally, but for some reason, when you have, like, a, a farm-raised you know, whatever, so they can mass produce it. That's where they get a shitload of mercury in them. I wonder if it's because of the runoff. I assume it's because of the dirty water or something. Yeah, something you in know. the water. Yeah, so I, I don't, because they're contained to just like a big ass aquarium, basically, versus in the wild where they can kind of just do whatever. Yeah, I know, um, I know, well, for aluminum, I know that I think I've heard it might be linked to dementia possibly they think aluminum and that's why like a lot of people are starting to not use like deodorant deodorant has aluminum in it i actually i honest to god uh i switched over to like the the like natural whatever charcoal deodorant um yeah just not really for that reason but i feel like i've heard that before and it's kind of like maybe this is a completely false bullshit thing too but if there's any chance of reducing your body from intaking stuff it shouldn't then we're not yeah. getting vaccines every single day where i use deodorant every single day so that's true the only the only thing is like with my genetics and like looking back at the males in my family i don't really expect to live past 75 <laughs> so i figure i'd rather smell good so I'm just going to keep using the Old Spice. I don't hey, care. I've, uh, I'll tell you what. Let's make this the fill challenge. Just go to – if you shop at Target or whatever. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Tom's or there's some other ones. Just try it. Like they still smell good. It's just uh, – you know what's funny? It costs the same as like regular deodorants and it lasts like three times as long. three times as long. I have no idea why. When I used to buy like a stick of deodorant, you'd get it maybe last you maybe a month, maybe. 
The one yeah. I've had has lasted me like three months. I don't know why, but maybe you get more. Huh. I don't know. I always, every time I hear someone's using like that natural deodorant, I always imagine it's going to smell like, it just, like homeopathic shit. No, it literally smells like deodorant. The only thing I can say is that it cannot endure heavy sweats like regular deodorant. Oh, yeah, that's what I need. So I you need might have shit. to put it on twice a day versus once a day or whatever. No, or or yeah. just take a shower, one of the two. Yeah, I take I take a few of those a day. So after there you work, go. Yeah, give so it a whirl. I'm good. Yeah. So last up is uh, mercury. So like we were talking about within salmon and other fish, it's methyl mercury. That's the one that's really bad for you. That stays in your system for a long time. Is that like the now, shit that's in thermometers? Uh, I'm not sure if that's what's in thermometers exactly, but I know that's like when it's broken down in your system. It's methyl mercury. Mm. That's the one that stays in your tissue. But thermosil, which is added to multi-dose vaccines to prevent fungus and bacteria from growing, actually breaks down into ethyl mercury and thylocytes. And both are eliminated from the body more quickly than methyl mercury. Uh, so the only real side effect with the thermosil is if you have allergic reaction to it, it obviously is really bad. And it might also cause like some redness around the injection area. But yeah. thermosil has been found to be very safe. Uh, also, thermosel has really been taken out of pediatric vaccines ever since 2001, and it really never was in the MMR vaccine, though it is in flu vaccines for adults. Mm. Well, I mean, the allergic thing, though, like people can be allergic to anything like. Oh, yeah. There's people who are allergic to fucking like bread and eggs and just natural yeah. shit. Well, like Adam from uh, my co-host on Bubba Bubba podcast, like he, he's allergic to penicillin. So he mm. has to take alternative antibiotics and like, you know, it's just, it's just how it is. Sometimes I don't know why pe certain people are allergic to certain things. Like I, I'm fairly certain I'm allergic to strawberries. Um, I don't yeah. know why, but it just, it gets sick every time I eat them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, I used to be allergic to whatever is in big red gum. <laughs> the, the fucking hot cinnamon shit that used to that used to make me break out in like a rash every time i ate it and i was allergic to bananas when i was a little kid but i got over both of those so oh really yeah see you, I, just, eat, you just eat enough of it and you toughen out i think i think well hold on now i think the cycle <laughs> is you you get them when you're young you kind of fade out and then as you get older they some of them start to creep back on you yeah, one day I'll be eating a banana and just fucking stroke out on the floor. <laughs> yeah, so those are just uh, kind of some of the conspiracy around, around modern medicine. Uh, there's also worries that vaccines use live viruses from actual infected humans, and they can give you the actual disease that it's meant to cure. This obviously is not the case, but people do believe that, like when you get the flu vaccine, it's from someone with actual flu. They're pus or sickness i've also heard that there's a belief people think that it's from feces which is pretty fucking disgusting so they're just injecting you with poop yeah i've heard that was a i've heard of the rumor from people like while waiting in line for a flu vaccine that they use feces but i'm pretty sure they don't <laughs> use feces for that i can confirm one thing that i th i think it's people with colitis i believe they will take, like, a person who doesn't have colitis, 
and uh, take their fecal matter and put it inside somebody who does because it like replenishes the healthy bacteria that's in the non-infected fecal matter into the person who has, I think it's colitis, and then it helps uh, heal the inside of them or whatever. I, I actually saw a Yahoo News story where the daughter of someone with colitis, she had to eat the feces of the, the daughter. To, because their uh, their stomach bacteria was related, obviously. Yeah. It was mother daughter, mother yeah. child. So she, to get her own like bacteria and like the good bacteria back, she had to eat that. So it's pretty <laughs> fucking disgusting. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you're Be dying, like, no, I'd or, rather die. <laughs> yeah, yo, you'd rather die than eat. Maybe what do you just put a little uh, sugar and milk on it or something and eat it that <laughs> way? I don't know. Well, what I've heard is they deposit it like a suppository, like you don't have to eat shit, like they just put it inside of you again. Yeah, that would be a much better uh, alternative to <laughs> having to actually eat it to get it into your stomach. That'd be a lot better. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, yeah, that uh, that episode was great, Phil. Uh, I love it. Uh, I'm... Maybe it'll offend people, but I'm sorry. I don't believe vaccines cause autism. And I think it's clearly a pretty good example. That guy was a fucking idiot who got paid off to write that article, right? That's what it sounds like to oh, me. Definitely. I mean, I'm not even going to fucking give this one percentages because it's just, I mean, it's just zeros pretty much for me across the board. <laughs> and it's it's so funny that like there's so many of these anti-vaxxers who are basically unknowingly quoting this guy. And it was just a fraud study. Sometimes when you say something kind of crazy, you need to stop and be like, huh, maybe I should look up where the source of this shit is coming from, just so I know what exactly I'm talking about before I just start telling people, you know, uh, the world can be a giant game of telephone where people just start, you know, telling them whatever they think they heard. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, that's the problem with, like we were talking about the Reddit community, you get into this little noise chamber where everyone agrees with each other, and you start to cite each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. Well, anyway, Phil, um, if anybody wants to send us their hate mail, where can they do that? <laughs> All hate mail can be sent to subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us on Instagram, it's subliminal deception podcast on ig uh we also have our own instagram accounts mine is sd pod phil i hardly ever check it and i barely ever post anything cody you have a few yeah you can add my personal instagram uh just search for cody zabub uh if you're into true crime paranormal all that search for my other podcast bumblebutt podcast uh, i promise you'll laugh just like you do on this one now, guys, I'm gonna. I'm only gonna say this here. Listen, we might have offended you if you are an anti-vaxxer, and you probably want to leave the show one-star view. But I promise, we're nice people. We just joke around here, so just leave us a five-star. You know that would be uh, a lot better idea than leaving a one-star on iTunes. Well, hell, if you're really that woke, quote unquote, uh, use Spotify <laughs> instead of iTunes. Let's say that. Let's take that stand. Use Spotify instead of iTunes, and I don't think you can leave ratings on Spotify. I don't believe, but uh, here's, here's my thing: if you're gonna leave a review, talk all the shit you want. That's great. 
just don't, you know, don't ruin it for everyone else just because <laughs> you didn't like one episode yeah. that we talk shit about your little conspiracy. Hey, so. I bet that on our back catalog there'll be plenty of episodes you probably agree with. That's true. But anyway, uh, Phil, you did amazing. I learned a lot of shit, and I think a lot of people are really going to appreciate the work you put into the episode, so uh, pat yourself on the back there. Uh, otherwise, right. <laughs> otherwise, we'll uh, see you guys next week for another exciting conspiracy. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>